What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 358 of the Smartout Moments Mac Talk podcast. This is the Hot Tags edition of the week, where I will be breaking down some of the current events, the rumors, the news, the gossip, and everything else that I feel like talking about that went down in the past few days, minus, of course, Super Showdown. If you want to check out what everybody has to say about Super Showdown, go and check out the Super Showdown post-show. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. How y'all doing tonight? Make sure you uh, leave me your comments below. Tell me what you're thinking, what you're feeling, how you're doing, and all the other kind of stuff like that. Chime in whenever you want to, and let's just have some fun here. Let's just break down some of the things that have happened over the past couple of days, and let's just start with Charlie Caruso has taken a job at ESPN, but she has specified that she is not leaving WWE and that that's still her quote-unquote home, but it's just kind of like an extra thing on the side. I would be suspicious of that because we've seen plenty of people before take some kind of a job elsewhere and then they stay with that job. And there is no argument ESPN is still more widely known than WWE. So if Charlie Caruso can go to ESPN and maybe she gets, you know, a little bit of a an, uh, an advance for like some kind of a different career after that, you know, it's not just one gig, it's suddenly a couple gigs and then they really start trusting her and they really like what she does. So then they give her a full-time spot, like, you know, different things like that. We could very well see Charlie Caruso leaving WWE. I hope that's not the case because I actually like Charlie quite a bit. And I think that she took to the role of uh, being second underneath Renee Young and really kind of became her equal very fast. So, uh, I mean, that's good for Charlie. You know, any kind of career advancement is good for the individual, but I hope that WWE doesn't lose her because... She's uh, she's a valuable asset right now, and they could certainly use as many people that are as good as she is. Let's talk about Psycho Sid. He thinks that WWE should have fired Paige when the whole situation happened with her uh, sex tape and her leaked pictures. Now, I get the impression after checking out some of the interview that he doesn't really understand the situation all that much because he had said don't do it in public like that and different things like that where it seemed like he almost kind of got the impression that Paige leaked that on purpose or that she was like accused of indecent exposure or something like that now if that were the case I could understand the philosophy behind you know that's a family friendly kind of thing and if she's doing that then that's a different story but I don't think Sid quite understood that these were pictures and videos that she didn't want getting out that it was just something that she had done with Brad Maddox and with any other people that you know were involved in the whole thing Xavier Woods being one of them that you know somebody had essentially stolen them from her and I think if he kind of understood that a little bit better he wouldn't be as critical uh you know maybe there still will be a little bit of a critical side because you know certain people their religion or they're just like you know a little bit more on the prude side of things they would look at that as like well you shouldn't be doing that anyway but then that's that's a whole different can of worms I just think that he probably has the wrong impression, and I'm glad that this didn't turn into a complete shitstorm, and that Paige was just kind of like the meh, like that kind of a thing, but it makes Sid look kind of bad, so I would advise him to kind of pay a little bit more attention to it before he really, like, takes that firm of a stance, especially because it's not an old story, you know, I mean, I mean, not an old story, it's not a new story, it's a pretty old one, it's complete opposite of what I just said. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that should be something that he should take into account, you know, and kind of do a little bit more research where if he doesn't quite understand and the person that was interviewing him said like, well, you know, they were, these were kind of leaked and stuff like that, that he could have been like, wait, what does that mean? And, 
kind of clarified that way. And then if he still felt that way, well, I don't know. Then to each their own. Let's talk about how NXT may be expanding. Rumors going around right now that not only could NXT end up gaining an extra hour, but the NXT branding itself could be kind of expanding as well. Uh, the theory behind that being that they could expand with more international territories. Like, they have NXT UK, so maybe they'll have NXT Asia, maybe they'll have NXT Mexico, that kind of a thing. And that they might create another performance center or build onto the performance center that's out there now or create multiple other performance centers. You know, maybe there's a performance center in uh, the United Kingdom, and then they can, you know, if they did like the European Performance Center, then they can include people from Germany, then they can include people from France and, you know, from all over the place like that a little bit better. Maybe they have a Performance Center in Asia. Maybe they have one, you know, they really wouldn't need one in Mexico for the most part because really at that regard, they might as well just go to Florida. But then again, crossing the border and doing all that kind of thing, you know, there's a possibility that they could create more performance centers. And it's kind of strange because WWE is essentially creating territories when they killed the territories back in the day. So that's just one of those, uh, you know, cyclical kind of things. But I think the bigger story here, because that seemed almost inevitable, the bigger story is they might be going to two hours. And the stories that I'm seeing online, which are contradictory, and of course you have to take them with a grain of salt, One had said before two hours of just NXT and that they like this whole Wednesday block of 205 Live and NXT and the Mae Young Classic. And when the Mae Young Classic ends, they might want to have another hour of NXT. Another one being NXT might have one hour that's on the network and one hour that's on FS1. Once the whole Fox situation comes around in 2019, I believe it's October 2019, a year from now, then they might be looking for more content that way. And there's always been a rumor that FS1 might include some kind of an NXT show. But then there's also been other rumors that FS1 might have some kind of a recap thing or something along those lines. So I would lean more towards that direction. I would think that it would be a recap scenario, not that they would just put an extra hour of NXT on the, because what do you do? You, You have one hour of NXT on one thing and then you have to switch over to another platform. It's a very strange thing to do. So Two hours of NXT on the network, I could see that. Two hours of NXT on FS1, I could potentially see that too. It does kind of hurt the WWE network because, you know, that's one of the reasons why people want to sign up for the network. But if they are changing up the tiers of the WWE network and they want to do some kind of a package thing where it's like, you know, you get access to NXT at the same time and you don't have to have FS1 or, you know, whatever the case may be like that, or maybe they get some other kind of incentives then we could see NXT just outside of the network or, you know, the delays afterward, kind of like with main event and such. I would personally rather see NXT remain on the WWE network because I feel like anything that's on like a different network, they can have some kind of an influence on it. And I think that NXT is perfectly fine the way that it is. If they do two hours of it, there's positives and there's negatives. Positive being more people get to get showcased Negative being they burn out more because when WWE took uh, Monday Night Raw and they added that extra hour, it seemed like, well, okay, from now on, that just means that the undercard people are always going to be featured. Not the case. 
You know, how many times have we seen Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre for multiple segments on an episode of Monday Night Raw? Or we get like this week, we had, you know, the DX thing, the segment happened, and then there was a recap, and then there was another recap. So those uh, times, you know, could have been spent towards using somebody like, say, Kurt Hawkins, but he wasn't on the show. And maybe that will end up happening with NXT, too. Maybe it will end up being like, well, we're going to always waste, well, not necessarily waste, but you know what I mean, always uh, waste 30 minutes on the Undisputed Era on every single show. And then we're also going to dedicate 30 minutes towards, say, video packages, and then another 30 minutes towards a couple mid-carters, and then another 30 minutes towards the people that we really care about. And then... The next thing you know, you're getting a little bit sick and tired of the Undisputed Era because they take up a fourth of the show and different scenarios like that. You know, negatives and positives, they might outweigh each other certain different ways depending on what their strategies are. And that is completely all up for speculation because this might be total bullshit and they may not have a two hour plan. They might just be sticking exactly the same way that they are and all the rumors could be utter nonsense. I don't know, something to think about. Let's talk about Crown Jewel. And the fact that it has moved to a different uh, stadium, it's a smaller stadium, and this confused the hell out of me. They were at the King Fod International Stadium, and now they're the King Saud University Stadium, and they're both in Riyadh. One of them being 60 plus thousand, the other one being around 25,000. It's a big, big difference. And when you look at what happened with Melbourne, they could have seated, if I remember correctly, 100,000, and they ended up saying. 70,000, but other reports are saying it was closer to 60,000. Very interesting that they changed it this late in the game because it's only a month away. And you would think that if they had this planned well enough in advance, they would have figured that out ahead of time. So are the tickets not selling well and they have to just like downgrade like that? Is there some kind of an issue with that stadium? Is there a problem with the Saudi Arabian side of things? Maybe they don't want them to have that arena there. I don't know. But to be perfectly honest, I mean, the Crown Jewel card is looking better to me than what the greatest Royal Rumble was. To a certain extent. I mean, you know, you put a Royal Rumble on there, people are going to be interested. But already, I mean, we've got DX and the Brothers of Destruction. We've got even though I'm sick and tired of seeing it, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Braun Strowman. There's the World Cup tournament, which we still don't really know exactly what that's all about, but we know that John Cena is going to be a part of it. We know that Kurt Angle is going to be a part of it. Most likely Randy Orton, most likely Samoa Joe. There's a chance Jeff Hardy gets in there too, though. I mean, he is fighting Samoa Joe, so it shouldn't be both. I think Samoa Joe is going to win that much. We'll see tomorrow. And, you know, like they can incorporate a couple different people here. That could be very interesting. And we also are getting AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. So this card's looking pretty damn good to me. And I would think that that would be a little bit easier to bring 60,000 people instead of just going and downgrading to 25. So uh, I don't know. When we hear more information about this, I'm sure I'll be you know, factoring that into all the Crown Jewel talk when we get down to that a little bit later on in the month. Something that is very suspicious at the very least. Got another story here about Neville. 
Uh, well, he's going by Pac now. I guess we should, you know, go back to call him Pac. Uh, he has joined the Red Stable, but oddly enough, he changed the Red Arrow finisher to the Black Arrow. This is kind of confusing to me because you would think that if anything, he would change it to the Red Arrow being spelled out R period E period D period, just to kind of go along with that. But he went against that, and it's just. I don't know. I, I don't understand it. So if you have an idea of what the hell that's supposed to mean, by all means, drop a comment below. Tell me why you think he did that, because it doesn't make any sense to me. Unless it's like, well, we don't want to have the red arrow on Team Red. Well, then, so you've got the black arrow on there? If, if you just called it the arrow or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Let's talk Rey Mysterio. He filed trademarks for two things that are basically the same thing. It's G-M-O-A-T as like an acronym. And it stands for Greatest Mask of All Time. Who is the greatest mask of all time? Well, I don't know, but the greatest masked superstar, I'm assuming as he's referring to himself as that. But that he trademarked it means that that's not necessarily something that WWE is going to refer to him as. And maybe that's something that they're still going to go with in the future. He just, he owns the trademark, so, you know, they won't get the same amount of money for it or everything like that, but... Then he, and again, he owns everything when it comes to the Rey Mysterio thing, as far as I am aware. So he is probably just smart enough to know that, hey, if I can take advantage of that, then nobody will be able to make money off of me unless I want them to. Definitely fuels the speculation that he's going to be in there a little bit longer. I know that the reports had been a two-year contract is supposedly what he signed, and he's going to be popping up at SmackDown 1000. And if we see a whole lot of stuff about GMOAT, then we know that that's going to be something that they're going to run with. Finally, let's talk about the latest episode of the WWE Network special, Ride Along. It was called Orlando Odyssey, and it starred Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair on one side, and Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville on the other side. Not a whole lot to really see here. I would actually skip it for the most part. A um, couple of little, you know, somewhat funny moments. Uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville eat a couple of glazed donuts at one point and those donuts looked fucking awesome so that was uh one of the highlights becky lynch threw out a couple of puns of course i like my puns and that's really about it i mean there wasn't really all that much going on for it so again i would say skip it but if you got a little bit of time to kill and you have nothing else better to do then by all means just hit the like button on all my videos instead yeah <laughs> Now, go ahead and check it out if you want to, and uh, with that and with everything else that I talked about here, drop your comments below. Tell me what you think about any of that stuff going on. I know that some people probably want me to talk about, like, the heel turns and stuff to happen tonight and, you know, the potential of all the changes for Evolution and Crown Jewel. When it comes to Evolution and Crown Jewel, I'll be holding off my opinions about those until later on when we do our predictions, but really quick as far as the heel turns that happened I just want to say this proves Bobby Lashley should have turned heel to begin with and not Braun Strowman. It's a smart move, though, at the very least, because Bobby Lashley was not getting over as a babyface. I just hope that they figure out a way to balance out the roster, and I think that the only way to do that, really, is to have Braun Strowman turn babyface again. And another thing to keep in uh, the whole scenario of everything that's happening with all this other kind of stuff is the Bella Twins. Blah. That doesn't really matter. Tomorrow night, SmackDown could have a couple of things to change things up, and if anything happens like that, then maybe I'll fold that into the discussion that we have a little bit later on, but so far, I'm still planning that potentially the main event for this week 
is going to be actually something I was thinking about doing next week, which was a little bit of a preview of a tournament that we're going to be having here. It's Champs Giving. Thank you to uh, Callum for thinking of the idea. And I might start it a week ahead of time, or I might start it a couple days ahead of time, or something along those lines. But my original intention was going to be to have the Champs Giving tournament act kind of like the Smart Madness, where we didn't really do a podcast every week, and we just kind of did like a full breakdown of the whole thing afterward. Well, I realized that mailbag fits better next week, and that this week's not a whole lot of stuff going on that we can really piggyback off of, so we might be doing a preview of that tournament, and then next week or a couple days afterward or something like that, you'll be able to vote and start on round one. It'll be a six-round tournament because we have 62, if I remember correctly, names that are on the list, or 61 of them. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like two of them are vacant, that kind of a thing. And uh, it's going to last a little while, and it's going to end around Thanksgiving. That's the whole point of Champs Giving, Thanksgiving, that kind of a thing. It's our fall tournament because we've got the Smart Madness one in the spring, and we've got the Sexiest Superstars tournament in the summer, and we don't really need a winner one, especially because we, you know, if we just do one, then we don't need to kind of carry things over and stuff like that. But uh, you can be looking forward to that. It'll happen sometime on Wednesday, and it'll be published sometime on Wednesday night potentially Thursday, depending on my schedule. I don't know. I'm up in a different area right now, so that's why you are hearing a little bit of a difference when it comes to the audio, and the same thing will happen when it comes to the next episode, but whenever it pops up, the best way to be aware of it is to hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel and to ring the bell for notifications, and also to follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts at SmartOutMoment. Check out SmartOutMoment.com for everything else that's happening there. If you want to show your support for us, then hit up the Patreon and toss a little bit of a spare change that you got our way and whether it's a one dollar tier or a three thousand dollar tier whatever the case may be i obviously do not expect a three thousand dollar donation but that'd be awesome uh you know all the rewards and stuff that goes along with that i'm always willing to kind of change around and everything so you know pay attention to that too the t public and the red bubble shops are for the merchandise side of things if you want to buy a t-shirt or something along those lines and if you check out fanboysanonymous.com, you will see some stuff that's happening over there, here and there. You know, Week in Geek and stuff like that, and uh, Venom Review Point, and probably going to be seeing Bad Times at El Royale this week. So I'll probably be reviewing that in some capacity, maybe just written form, I don't know. Anyway, stay tuned for all the stuff that's happening under A Mango Tree. Follow me all over the place as well. Tony Mango, you should know how to spell it by now, it's in the description below. Thanks for listening to this, everybody. Thanks for all the support, and I will see you next time. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and I'm being counted out.